podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 34 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by James and Sinke. It's been a long time coming but Ange Ball finally burst onto the scene at Celtic Park in spectacular style this weekend as a Kyogo Furuhashi inspired Celtic hammered Dundee 6-0 in Ange's first home league game. The Japanese boy was in ridiculous form but Ryan Christie also gave us a timely reminder of what he's capable of and he and Kyogo can now fight out for the man of the match champagne in the Lennox Town car park. We'll face far tougher tests in Dundee in the weeks ahead, but it seems that everyone of a Celtic persuasion is now fully on board the Ange Express, and for the first time in a long time, there's genuine excitement and optimism around the club. James, you were there yesterday, and let's not be getting carried away, but have you managed to scrape yourself down from the disco light yet? Yeah, just about, Tino. Um, a phenomenal day at Parkhead yesterday. More fans back, more coming back this week, but just a scintillating performance. Real football, the stuff that Ange said he was going to bring to Celtic, and he's, he's shown that he was telling us exactly the truth. Thank you, Bob. You, you were sitting next to James, uh, safe social distance, I'm sure. Uh, how was your day at Celtic Park? Absolutely loved it. Watching the team from the offset right to the final whistle, they were great. Absolutely fantastic. Ange, he promised some fast-flowing football and we got that yesterday. It was good to leave Parkhead with that uh, nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. And that was purely down to the football, yeah? Absolutely. There was no, there was no alcohol consumed. Uh, so, yeah, so let's start with the man of the moment, Kyogo Furuhashi. So... Phenomenal hat trick and there's lots of people asking the question on Twitter, when was the last time someone uh, scored three goals in their competitive debut? James puts his hands up. A Mealy? Tom Mealy, I believe, scored a hat trick when Celtic beat Rangers, then Rangers 5-2 in the first ever meeting of the sides back in 18-whatever. I'll need to check my, my Celtic wiki for that. But yeah, uh, and I think there's obviously Dembele scored a hat trick, but he'd already played at Celtic Park before that one against Rangers. I think Odson Edward got one. Different things, but first competitive game at Celtic Park hat trick. I think you need to go way back to to see when that was matched. So, but it wasn't just about his goals, was it? You know, there was a complete performance. It was his movement, his work rate, his desire to play his part for the team. I mean, Sinky, how excited should we begin about this guy? Keeping in mind in your post-match reaction, I think you had him down as a, a combination of Larson Hooper and Jimmy McGrory. Can I, can I add George Cadetti to that one as well? You can fill um, in the mix. No, it's exciting. Um, I've not seen movement, movement like that for a long, long time. Um, I was watching him off the ball and he's... A nightmare to pick up. You see him drop it out of that wee pocket, like the kind of number ten, false nine. But he, he looks a he looks a definitely a, a gem. Yeah, you watching the the highlights in sports scene. They obviously highlighted uh, his movement, and it's exceptional. You know, you can just see what he's doing. He's he's so alert to the play. He's coming back out. He's not worried about being offside because he knows when the ball comes in, he will be in the right position. And things like for his second goal, the one which is effectively a tap, and he slid in and scored that. But it's his movement that makes it for Christie. It's it's frightening stuff. Yeah, to be there. Yeah, I, th I think where we're benefiting as well, or who's benefiting, Christie's definitely benefiting for a, from a player of that intelligence. And there just seems to be an immediate synergy, almost a telepathy between them. That that uh, slide rule ball for the his hat trick, I mean, just phenomenal stuff from Christie. Yeah. And even just the, the savvy from Kyogo to lift it a wee bit, he knows the goalie's coming and yeah. he just gets a wee scoop on it. It was a brilliant hat trick and it was great to see. He's obviously built up a very early rapport, built A with the fans, of course, from Saturday, uh, and no better way to do it than get a hat trick, but also with the, the teammates, they were all delighted for him. 
the and the kind of I don't know what you'd call it the kind of walk around at the end the kind of show of support he was up tapping guys' shoulders and giving them wee hugs it, it was brilliant stuff uh, wasn't and it and it's you, just, it's you just watched great him, to see you watched him in the stand as well when he get when he get uh, the man in the match he was absolutely delighted. he was buzzing yeah. uh, he was he was absolutely delighted. he looks he looks happy to be here which is great um, and. Yeah, we were always worried about the the whole how long it would take up to settle in. But he couldn't he couldn't come in any quicker yeah. <laughs> straight away. He set the ground running and then some. Uh, I just wonder how many people have now changed their passwords to Kyogo sixty seven uh, across <laughs> the board on the back of that. Um, James, you mentioned them. Ryan Christie, obviously, it's very unique to see a guy scoring a hat trick and actually having someone up there competing with him to get man of the match. But Christie had a real shout at that after his performance, didn't he? I'd go further, I'd say it's uh, it's almost never you see a guy with a hat-trick not win man of the match, and I thought Christie should have won man of the match. He was just phenomenal start to finish. Unplayable, overused these days, but he was. He just couldn't get touched. Yeah, three assists and just an overall exceptional performance. It also just shows you what good coaching and a change in structure can do for a player because Ryan Christie was much maligned in the end some last year, as, as were a lot of the players, of course, but he took it really heavy. At times, obviously, his shooting was, you know, became a... You know, a real talking point at different times, but he's clearly playing with a, a weight off his shoulders in a different manner. And I suppose the only concern is that we might only be seeing this till January. That is a concern. <sighs> Ideally, you want to keep him, but his head's been turned, and obviously, he can get we mentioned it in the, the post match yesterday. He can get silly money down south with a, a Southampton and a Brighton, 60 grand a week. And obviously, his, his mates have done the off. I mean, he's quite pally with Stuart Armstrong, stuff like that. He's, he's seen them making a wee bit of dollar down there. So, we keep him. I think we just need to enjoy him as long as we've got him. I'd love to just. I'd love Celtic to do something and maybe put a week, something in place, a contract wise. Give them, give them forty grand a week, and then say, listen, next season you can go and speak to whoever you want. Yeah, you just wonder if Celtic could be a wee bit creative here, and maybe this is over to Don McKay to do his thing. But he's obviously contracted till January. Can you extend that by a few months till May? Give him a real sweetener to do so, meaning that he can walk for nothing at the end of the season. And listen, that might give Ryan Christie a chance to to deal with unfinished business. No player, players have got ego, uh, you know, and rightfully so at times. And no player wants to walk out of Celtic on the, the failings of last year, and there's no doubt they, they were failings. So Christie and others in this team have a chance to really turn that around and leave with their head held high, having wrestled back the title. So surely that's an incentive for him. I like that kind of creativity and it, it would be a great incentive just from a personal point of view. Money is a, a big uh, incentive, obviously, in many walks of life, but in football in particular. And he's got direct comparisons with it. Armstrong and, and guys he knows down south. But I think Mackay can do something creative. You know, I, I don't worry about things I can't do anything about. If Christie's made up his mind, fine, let's make the best of it and off it goes. But why not ask that question first of all? Let, let's see if we can put something in front of yeah, him. Yeah, I actually think that's the very mindset that Ange takes. He's been saying it time after time now in interviews. I can't control that. I'm not the money guy. I'm not an accountant mate. All this kind of stuff. He deals with the football inside of things and if guys are presenting and being available and showing the right attitude, i.e. Christie, they will play and if they're not, a Yeti for example, then you don't and it's as simple as that. So yeah, I suppose it's over to Mackay to see what happens with Ryan Christie but potentially as well as he's played for Celtic yesterday and that takes into account, you know, that, that game against Hearts when he really sprung to life and different things. So great to see and listen, credit to him as well. Other guys and his position potentially run down the clock. I don't want to get injured. There was none of that from him. He just he gave it 110. Is he playing for a move? If he is, then we're benefiting from him. So yeah. I'm okay, but he's yeah. still entitled to it. I just say this, so put a contract on the table, give him another three years, right? How much do you think his value is? Well, we have a big contract behind him. How much How much would he go for? 
I mean, there's no reason if he keep, keeps that form up, he's not at least at the level where an IR is, you know, mm -hmm. the kind of 12, 13, 14 million. Who knows? And it's, it's a bit hypothetical just now. Yeah. But from Christie's point of view, he knows he's a valuable commodity if he's free in January. He knows that. And footballers hold all the cards these days. But there is that personal pride thing. He will be really, listen, you can't deny, you can see that he's enjoying it under Ange. And all of a sudden, all the woes and all the nonsense of last year, that feels very, very far away just now, which is a brilliant thing. So, Ryan Christie and all other players will be really enjoying what they're doing. Saturday was a reward for that. They were playing with a real freedom and expressing themselves. That's sometimes hard to discover. So yeah, you know, head down if you want, go to Burnley, go to Southampton, scrape about, play, don't play, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot to be said for enjoying your football. And I know money ultimately talks, but maybe, just maybe there's a, a something to be done there. Just in terms of the other players, so moving away from obviously Kyogo and Christie were the star of the show. Listen, we could go through the whole team in terms of, you know, who done what, but there's a few guys that I'd like to pick out and just for kind of fairly punchy insights on them from you guys being at the game. So, Abada, how was he on the day? Yeah, I mean, he was overshadowed by Christie, um, but he, he played a big part in the game start to finish. You know, made a goal, he was winning penalties, he was there on the line when Alston was taking the ball off him and stuff at the end. So, it's, I feel a wee bit sorry for him. He's been overshadowed by Kyogo first and foremost, but then Christie's performance. For me now, he's just established as a as a strong, strong signing for Celtic. Yeah, I don't think he's a, you know, bed bed yourself in, start on the bench, come in in 20, 25 minutes. He's he's there to be proud yeah. of the team. And now it's over to James Forrest and others to, to try and do that. Sankey, I'll come to you for the next man, the Ralstonator, quote unquote. Well, he's, he's went full Danny Alves here. I think yeah. I said that yesterday in the post-match as well, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good lad, he's a good professional, he's, he's had, had a lot of hard time, I mean, he, he, I don't think he lives under a rock, that he's probably seen some of the criticism mm -hmm. uh, over over the social platforms, but for the last three games, he's, he's been great, he's been absolutely fantastic, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a special set to, to move him out the, the right-back <laughs> position. <laughs> I, yeah. I disagree with that. <laughs> I thought yeah. you would. And absolutely to his credit, he's shown a real mental fortitude to do that, because as you say, Sinky, he hears the headlines, right? I'm, I've no doubt he's on social media and he'll see these things you'll hear it from mates whatsapp groups whatever and to hear that and then still going to perform like he has done admirably he's second top scorer in the country might I, I add I <laughs> so real credit to him and it was great to see him get his goal and you've seen the joy in his face when he got that so listen hats off to Anthony Ralston I think he's done brilliantly a couple of other guys I really do want to spend a bit of time on Callum McGregor for two reasons one his general performance back in that number six role you would call it and two this post-match huddle that took place Got some dust yeah. in my when I was watching that, James. It was a bit emotional. Yeah. I, I, do the second thing first. It, it was a, a real feeling. It was what a buzz when he got them together. Just that collectiveness, togetherness. We've not seen that for so long. And it's one of the biggest problems we had last year is they were so disjointed emotionally, physically, whatever kind of thing. Getting the team together, telling them this is just the start. You know, we'd love to know what was said. And then you know, going around and applauding the fans, welcome back, and Ange coming out and applauding the fans. Ah, it was just phenomenal. Yeah, it must have been a special moment for you both to be there. Also, just another guy to touch on lightly. I'd questioned him uh, in the last week or so in terms of what he's going to bring this season, and it still very much remains a question. But Tom Rogic, that was his first home league goal in three years, I yeah. believe, which, which is quite the start um, for anyone playing for Celtic, but particularly a creative like him. Took his goal very nicely, of course, and, and by all accounts played very well in general. What do you think the season ahead, uh, you know, what lies in the season ahead, sorry, for someone like Tom Rogic? Well, yesterday he looked like a different player. He looked like he was shutting down. He wasn't being typical Tom Rogic, just coming alive in, in special, like certain moments, special moments. He looked as though he was bursting the gut all over the place. He empt emptied his tank and he got his rewards for his goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously knows him for his time in Australia with the national side. So 
I don't know. I mean, that's this, this number ten position. You're going to have a couple of guys vying for that. I mean, Christie's obviously moved it to the left. But you've got you've got Turnbull, and then you've got the big big Tom. I thought he done great. I thought he, he looks like he's got something. All, all of them do. All of them look mm. like they've got that kind of spring in their step. But Ham, I'm, I'm delighted for him because he's a fan's favourite. What he's given us is healthy competition. I don't think he's going to be a 90 minute guy for sure. He's, he's never really been, and I don't think he'll often be first starter. It just depends on the form of your other creative midfielders, but. Just a great pick from the manager and I think you've now got genuine competition in that space. Yeah. An interesting one, obviously, that Sorrow was dropped and McGregor comes in and, as I say, takes that number six role and performs very well. You've obviously got James McCarthy to come in and we'll touch on James in a, in a moment, but he's going to come in and absolutely compete. He's not here to sit on the bench. So all of a sudden, to your point, healthy competition across the board and that's what we've lacked. I think last year you could almost pick your starting 11. You know, El Yunusi came in and out of different things, but generally speaking, nine or ten picked themselves and and that's not healthy for any team, is it? No, the players then go, well, doesn't matter what we're doing training, doesn't matter what we're doing in the next game, I'm getting picked next week anyway. You've seen it, there's no greater uh, incentive on Forrest than when he's got someone like Paddy Roberts, if you think back, yeah. um, his competition. Forrest really raised his game and I wonder if we'll start to see that now. Well, he'll now be sitting on the bench looking at Abada doing his thing and thinking, mm, I don't want to be here, I want to be on that park. So there's a, a real driver for all concerned. Um, just in terms of some of the stats around the game, you know, quite incredible. So 31 goal attempts to three, uh, ridiculous numbers, 15 shots on target versus zero, <laughs> 11 corners versus three, and overall 75% to 25% possession. And at times you'll be spoken about the fact that stats are stats and all that kind of thing, but nothing really matters as much as the, the scoreline, obviously 6-0 on the day, but it really just highlights the absolute dominance on the day. Yeah, it's that 10-minute spell we mentioned yesterday. Once they start to get their groove and they start to click, then they start to move forward as a, as a unit, as a, a fast-flowing football unit. If they manage to get some positive results from that, like Kyogo's missed chance, which was a positive result and he kept his head up on it, then they say, well, this is, this is going to just keep going, keep going. The momentum then takes them forward from there. So obviously the, kind of, the stats don't lie and the scoreline certainly doesn't lie. And as I mentioned, we will face tougher tests in Dundee. So what you've got in the back of that is a lot of folk on Twitter, maybe some WhatsApp groups, not mentioning anybody. Kelly, we'll get back to him later on. But various folks saying, don't get carried away with something like this. I'm getting carried away, thank you, what about you? Um, we need to get carried away after, after last season. We need to get carried away with individuals, the team. We dominated that game and I know you're saying about the opposition being Dundee. It, we just looked like a different side altogether. I mean, like we've been watching the last year um, and that so it looks like something's finally clicked and we're, we've still got boys to come in. You mentioned James McCarthy. We're going to make some signings potentially this week uh, in the fullback area, fingers crossed for everyone. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm getting carried away. I, I'm, I'm not getting carried away as much. What I'm doing is just enjoying a great result from Celtic. There's still a great amount of work to be done. And it's not really changed. We've got an unproven, unsettled back four, and that needs to be remedied, you know, sharpish. Um, yeah, there weeds to stiffer competition, no doubt, but no one's going to live with that kind of attacking football. Well, that is it. So I think it was Michael Stewart that was saying it. Doesn't matter that it was Dundee, nobody would have dealt with that yesterday, regardless of who the opposition was. And yeah, I'm being a wee bit flippant, obviously, we are getting a wee bit kind of ahead of ourselves, but it wasn't just the six now. So six goals, brilliant, you know, great to have six goals to cheer, but it's the fluency and the energy and the closing down, you know, by all accounts, Furuhashi's got his hat trick and he's still bombing after guys and putting guys in the corner. And there was just something, you know, from you lads being there and, and different folk I've spoke to, just something different in the air. And that's, you know, a real reason for optimism. Absolutely. And it's, it's not just the goals. See, when they were, carrying out 
good moves and it didn't quite come off. Turnbull had a couple of great shots that didn't quite come off but got himself in great positions. Fans were just as appreciative of that almost as the goals themselves. It's good football that we want to see and if you keep making those moves, your goals will come. Yeah, no doubt. So I put something out on Twitter last night, um, hashtag sliding doors CSE, and basically uh, I made the point that if we had got Eddie Howe, which I think we, we all wanted at the time, we wouldn't have got Ange. And if we don't get Ange, we don't get Kyogo. And if we don't get Kyogo, we wouldn't be losing our minds here on a, <laughs> on a recording uh, after a, a 6 0 uh, victory. So it is funny, you know, how, how football works sometimes, isn't it? But, you know, we were all on the Eddie Howe train. You wouldn't take Eddie Howe for anything now over Ange, would you? I never fancied him. No? No, I did. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's. The, I think the sliding doors analogy is you know, interesting, but it's just yesterday's news as well. Um, and it was immediately once it was done for me. You know, once that's done, gone. And to be fair to Don McKay, he'd Ange lined up, you know, sharpish on that. And we've, you know, reaped the rewards, as you say. Yeah. You and I discussed that, James. So basically, from Don McKay's point of view, he comes in when the Eddie Howe conversations are already well underway. So even if he wanted to, he couldn't have stopped them. That was the way it was going to be. When Howe finally decided that it wasn't for him, almost immediately we hear this Ange who Australia guy, and all of a sudden there was a, a, a real plan there. And it was clear that Celtic did have a plan B, and more specifically that Dom McKay had a plan B. He deserves real credit for that. He also, you know, emphasised it at the, the launch event that I was at that Ange and Dom spoke at very well, should I add. And he he deserves real credit for finding this guy. And he faced a lot of stick. You know, I think everybody to a man at first were saying, Who's his character? You know, Wikipedia and all sorts of stuff, but he's really starting to show why Celtic took a chance on him. I know, he's got, he got his man because he was, he was adamant in the press conference, the one you were at, saying that he is 100% behind his manager and he's went out and he's obviously done his homework on him. And you're right, he wasn't part of the whole Eddie Howe transition trying to get him in the door. Obviously, that's been uh, Peter before before Dom's come in. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, if it's, you're right, a sliding door stuff. It, it, it's football. Right, and it's it's just football, and the stars are aligned for the big man. We've, we've got him in, and he's he's. I, I like everything about him. I like the way he speaks. I like I like the way he answers questions in the media and stuff like that. And can, can you got to give credit to the to Dom. Yeah, definitely. True. I also noticed that Ange has ditched the trackie the last couple of games, and he's gone very man at C and A. Uh, ask your ask your dad. <laughs> Uh, you know, shirt and jumper. Is, like that, is that a shumper? A shumper. <laughs> might, might well be, but it, it seems to be working for him. It'll be, it's his lucky outfit, so we'll see if he keeps that on for the next few games. I'm um, also thinking, big question for you, how old is too old for a Kyogo 8 Celtic away top? Eh, hey, never too old. Never you, know, too you, know, old. you know, got one? <laughs> Not yet, but it's, it's in the post. <laughs> um, just to stay with Don McKay briefly, so he tweeted after the game, and I'll just read out the tweet, so... Congratulations to Celtic and a wonderful home win. Great to welcome back supporters today in larger numbers, creating a special atmosphere as always. So a couple of things about that. Uh, certainly refreshing to see. So the fact that we've got a younger CEO and, and he's on Twitter and he's communicating in, in that kind of informal way. I do like that, but I would also say that you can't always just tweet when we're winning. So it's, it's easy to come out when you've won 6-0 and, and everyone's in good form. And he probably got some mild challenges. I've not read the, the responses to it. I think there's 6,000 likes or so, but what do you take on that, James? What, what do you think of that kind of communication from Dom? Yeah, you need comms when it's hard, not when it's easy. So, I, you know, I've been mildly critical of that in the last four, six weeks that there's not been enough comms about, you know, I don't want them to tell us that we're signing this guy and the negotiations are going blah, 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 anything like that. But just tell us, you know, you're working on things, you're making progress, stick with us, you know, just reassure the fans that things are, are progressing because as I said in the blog a couple of weeks ago, if there's no communication, there's a vacuum and fans will fill that vacuum with any sorts of nonsense that they want, which has been going on, to be fair. 
I think um, I think it was good to see. You know, I think it was decent timing, but I think more frequent and perhaps more formal comms would also be welcomed um, across the board. One thing as well, so obviously there was the, the protest as such that took place at one o'clock pre-match and it, it wasn't over the top. There was nothing uh, too controversial about it. But again, you and I spoke, James, about I think the time to judge this sport. Listen, there was mistakes last year. There was lots of mistakes. But as you said, James, it's yesterday's news. There's not a great deal to be gained from looking back at this point. The time to judge this board now is after this transfer window. So this transfer window closes in September, sorry, August the 31st. So Wednesday, 1st of September for me is the time to judge. Now at the moment, and there's still time to go, they've spent something in the region of 13 and a half million so far. So that's Abada, Kyogo, Starfelt, I think a million pound was a fee for Joe Hart. We'll obviously get McCarthy in for nothing, but they'll be chunky enough wages. And there's two or three more to follow if I'm just to be believed. We can end up spending 20 million plus in this window. If that's not backing your manager, what is? That's just come back to what you were talking about. Like the money's there, the money's there, but the, the protests. I mean, you're right. As yesterday's news, and I don't agree with with the pro. I don't agree with it. I'm, I think I've been quite vocal about it. I don't. I, I don't think it sends the right message out. And I know last year, we know last season was a nightmare and a disaster. But you're right. I think it just need. We've got a fresh start. We've got a new manager. We've got a new CEO. It's time we kind of look forward instead of looking back. Completely. I, I think it's the same answer to the last question. It's communication. Mm. So Dom's not come out and said. This was last year. This is me. Here I'm going to go forward, you know, apart from the initial press conference. And fans are saying, you know, are we dealing with the same board as last year? What you've got to bear in mind, and I would say this to the fans, is that when you've got a CEO like Peter Lowell, who was a control freak CEO in every department, how much input the board could actually make to make changes and make you know, progress is questionable. So let's see what Dom, as new CEO, can do with the board he's got and I'd be very sure if he doesn't fancy their talent, both at board and exec level, he'd be looking to ship them out and bring in new. I think that's very probable, but also something like that is not an overnight fix. I think something like that has to happen over time because as much as we as fans need to see what Dom brings in his first 100 days or whatever, he likewise has to you know challenge his heads of departments and different execs to say, right, what you bring to the table and you know what's the, you know, the KPIs for yourself and how we can really make progress. And if not, we make a decision and we part company. So I think... I can understand, I, I, I really can understand some of the frustrations and the rationale behind the protest. It wouldn't be for me, you know, from, from Sunday's game there, I thought there was enough goodwill at the time not to have done anything. And listen, Ange got real support when he got off that bus. You'll, you'll have seen the videos and he got seriously backed and that's a great thing. I also think a few folk are trying to create a call to action that Ange gets formally welcomed and introduced on Thursday night at a full Celtic park. And I think there's a serious argument for doing so. You know, he's come in and he's he's had Zoom calls and different things. He's not had the full voice of Celtic Park to welcome him. I think Thursday's the perfect opportunity pre-match, roll him out and get him the adulation he deserves. If you're looking at PR open goals, it's right there. Take it. I mean, the stadium's going to be buzzing anyway, but imagine the lift. He, the fans, the team, the whole club would get from that. Don't, don't miss that opportunity, Celtic. Yeah, you're very welcome, Celtic. I will send my, my Monzo <laughs> details for my, my transfer. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. It's shooting in. And I think, he, I mean, he's done a wee bit of pre-match where he's come out to speak to the press and just kind of clapped around and waved. They should make it th a thing about it. Stick on the disco. Like, if it's good enough for bio, do you know what I mean? It's good <laughs> enough for... Thursday, Thursday's going to be amazing. Yeah. Can't, can't wait. So I think there's a real opportunity there to formally welcome Ange from the fans and, and here's hoping they can do so. Um, so just just on Ange then, he's obviously had a pretty tough and stressful introduction to Scottish football um, and don't underestimate some of the sniping that's been going on in some quarters of the mainstream media, you know, try to trap him up and try to get that headline from him and, you know, saying he's in above his head and all that kind of stuff. But he's more than capable for these characters, isn't he? Well able. 
There's your usual snipers, and that's fine, but there's been some surprising ones as well. Michael Stewart, in particular, who's a level-headed, honest broker, I think, he commented last night that Ange's bought himself time with that win yesterday, which is just ridiculous in your second league game. So let's, you know, with some quarters of the media, there's an agenda. I don't think there is with Michael Stewart at all, but let's all just calm down. He's played next to no games. He's not even got his team in yet. So... We know what goes on in the media. Let's just keep the head and, and get the job done. Yeah, I think he's shown Sinky that he knows how to play the media, though, doesn't he? He's, he's 25 years or so in the game, so this isn't new to him. And there's, there was some clips, I'm sure we'll all have seen them in the early days when we were do, frantically doing Ange Postacoglu research. And there was a, a debate he had, I think it was, was it Fox News out in Australia, and he was hammering this guy. They were really going at it. And I mean, he's no shrinking violet when it comes to it. I also thought it was quite interesting on yesterday's interview. I can't remember who with, so it wouldn't be fair, Sky. I guess, was it? And the guy tried to find a wee negative in a 6 now, <laughs> And Ange just laughed him out of town, basically. And I think he's well capable. He's quite cute when it comes to the press stuff. And you need to be at Celtic. You know, Ronnie Dyla wasn't. Um, but other characters like Martin O'Neill and certainly Brendan Rodgers showed the way to be with the press here. You can't be too spiky. You need to be quite smart about it. And I think Ange is, is following suit there. So that's good to see. But he's had to be patient. You know, he's... He's been saying since day one he wants his players in yesterday. But only now, I think you uh, mentioned it on the, the post-match there, Sinky, that only now is it starting to become his team, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, there's still early days yet, but you can see the early early signs of an Ange team and the bit what he promised us when he first came on board. You're starting to see that. And I honestly believe now we're only a couple of signings away from a really strong starting 11. If you put two Ange fullbacks in that team, yeah. Phew, could be phenomenal. Yeah, and I think that's what he's saying, that the chat is that he's hoping, I think, quote-unquote, a few signings in the next seven days. So if we get those few signings, for me, perfectly, it would be right-back, left-back striker. Um, there's a, a debate over whether another centre-half's needed, but we'll get into that just in a wee second. But three more signings would really make it an Ange team and we could really start to see how things shape up. It also looks like a system, you know, that, that gets better over time. So he's, he's only just about two months in the door. And obviously a bit of that was quarantine and different things. So he said less than two months on the training field, but already there's a very definite system in place, isn't there? And you guys have seen that as much as anybody at the game yesterday. Yeah, and there's a wee bit of flexibility in it as well. And there's, this is a great thing to have as a team when you can start to switch formations. It wasn't huge yesterday. All it was was in the first half, Taylor was sometimes hugging the touchline and sometimes inverting. So he was playing in between the two, which is really hard to defend against when he's when he's coming forward because you're not sure where he's going to be and who he's looking for and where he's going to be passing the ball. So yeah, there's there's strategy in there and it's starting to click. You buy you, you buy players for the way you want to play, the formation you want to play. So he's got guys in there just now doing a good job for him, but they are not ideal to the way he wants to play it, the inverted fullback stuff. So once he gets his own his own guys in, his own personnel in, um, onwards and upwards. Yeah, what, what's the saying? Sinky, uh, triangular pegs and hexagonal <laughs> something or <laughs> something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite right just now, but it's not far away. And as we said, two three signs could be a, a very very different picture for us. Um, just in terms of of looking at the squad overall at this moment in time, so obviously two big additions in the last week or so, which was Joe Hart, seriously experienced goalkeeper, and James McCarthy. But just to stay in the goalkeeping situation uh, at the moment. Hart is obviously still to be properly tested. I don't think he can be faulted for the two Jablonek goals no. uh, last week and very little to do uh, against Dundee, but already he just feels a lot steadier than a, a Barkas or a Bain, doesn't he? You could hear him for the stands. I know we, you probably won't have that luxury that come first when we've got a full house, but you That's can okay. hear him, you can see the communication, You can. he's got a presence. You know, and that, that's what leads to my goalkeeper. We've not, we've not had that. Mr. Barkey um, doesn't, doesn't seem to have much about him, uh, but it's great. Joe Hart's come in. And over the, over the next few months, he'll, he'll start to show why he, we've brought him in. 
Yeah. I think he's got a wee bit of learning to do ball at his feet. He's he's not entirely comfortable with that. He seems to be getting better with it. But in each passing game, hopefully that'll improve. But you know, let's just call it as is. It's it's not his natural game. So that's to be developed. But as as a goalie, the vocal thing was huge. You know, I've been to games with Barcast at the back and goals with next to no fans and not heard a peep out of him. Hmm. Um Welsh was very vocal, Starfit was vocal and uh, and Hart was vocal start to finish you know just telling these defenders what was going on where they needed them so that on its own is is a big lift I think so I think that that's the, the big point about Joe Hart he's been signed as much for his goalkeeping skills as his leadership skills and all of a sudden you've now got leaders in that team so between Hart Starfelt you mentioned James McCarthy's no shrinking violet he's coming in McGregor stepping up, up as a leader as a captain and all of a sudden you've got voices across the park and it may well be that some of the, the two or three other guys that we bring in are of a similar ilk. So all of a sudden you've got real genuine leadership across the board when really we were scrambling about for that last season. It's it's amazed me how quickly that's turned. A couple of signings, you know, even just looking at the bench, the, the difference in the bench yesterday compared to a couple of weeks ago. And it's not just good players, it's good players who are leaders and can lift the team and hold the team through tough times and all, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the signs are good. There's work to be done. Let's not get carried away. But I'm Happy so far. Main sinker away. That's I know. Just try to pull you back. Just <laughs> we've, honestly, we've got Joe Hart at the right time. We talk about the way Celtic have done this a few times. We've bought, both brought, brought up players from England who are maybe pretty much damaged goods, and we've given them a new lease of life. I think he'll love it up here. I think he'll love it. He's been in. He's been in pretty tough time the last few years with different different clubs, so with Tino and but Burnley and stuff like that. I think he'll, I think he'll love it here. When I spoke to him well, with the last week, he looked absolutely delighted to be. In the building. Yeah, and I was speaking to you after that, thinking you were saying he was just, he was very humble, very genuine and very excited to be there. And it, it came across in all these interviews so far. I think he's been given a, dare I say, a kind of last shot at really salvaging his career because he was kind of on the road out and then a club like Celtic come calling and he's, it looks like he's grabbing it with both hands. Yep, absolutely. You can see that. You can see that the, the minute when I, we spoke to him the other week, you could see that, I, I don't think, I think he was a bit taken aback. I think I said, I said this to you as well. I think he was taken aback by the love that he was showing when he was obviously, he's came up here and as I said, he's had a hard time the last few years and he's come up and given him a bit of love mm -hmm. and that'll be reciprocated with his performances hopefully as well. Yeah, I hope so. James, just to pick up on a point you made, so you said that now when Celtic look down at the bench, there's genuine options. So yesterday you've got, you know, Edwards and Forrest and guys like that to come on. But the bigger point is that now in the league, you can only bring on three subs. It's reverted back to that from the five last season. What kind of difference do you think that's going to make? I suppose for Celtic, yes, but also for the rest of the teams that are going to be competing. It's it's got to be a level, and it's got to be a positive thing for teams that don't have the strength and depth. That well, we we maybe don't have as much strength and depth as we want, but we certainly have more than other teams. So we're here for fair sport. So it's not fair for us to have five subs that we can bring on you know, on on uh, Sunday that we could brought on phenomenal quality throughout the team, um, and Dundee couldn't. So it's a leveler for me. It's a fair thing. I think it'll affect other teams more than it'll affect us. Yeah, I, I think it'll be you know, a, a plus for teams like maybe Aberdeen and Hibs and Hearts are looking to compete. That's the thing. I mean, it just came in last year and there's not been much communication as to why it's reverted back, but five subs is just short of half your team. Yeah. So it changes it all together. It's not very... You're not subbing your goalie, so it's half your team. Yeah, half your outfield team. So yeah, I think it's interesting to see and it'll be very interesting to see how that benefits those who are going to be challenging Celtic and Rangers at different times. So obviously, Hearts got their win over us recently. Dundee United got their win on Saturday. And when it's 11 v 11, these teams have got a chance. And then when it's, you know, 12, 13, 14, still a chance. But when it comes to 
17 and 18 bodies, it becomes very different. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see how that pans out over the course of the season. On to James McCarthy. So, I was delighted by the signing. So, obviously, the big chat is if James can stay fit, you know, if he can manage to shake off these niggling injuries. He himself has dismissed that. He said he's in great shape physically and mentally. How excited are you for that one, Sinky? Very. I um, I can't wait to see him play. He's just, he's for a free transfer, a guy that loves Celtic, I'm not sure about the accent, <laughs> uh, he came across in his press conference, but as, as, a, as a quality player, I mean, yeah, another guy who's, he, he kind of knocked out of the park in his press conference saying that he's, that he's been he's been fit. It was only a couple of weeks he was out for yeah. the previous season. I think, I think it's another guy that's going to come up here and he's going, he's going to he's going to flourish because he's going to give that opportunity to play in front of his, his own fans with his boyhood club. I'm, I'm excited to see him, definitely. Yeah. I'm a you know, I'm buzzing for him. You know, as a Celtic fan, buckets of experience at a really high level. I was talking to a couple of guys who know Aidan McGeady last week and they were asking McGeady, what did he make of McCarthy a couple of years ago? And he said McGeady didn't really know him much as a player until they started playing with Ireland together. And he said he's always there. Anytime you look up, he's shown... He's giving you options. He's always giving you that outlet. So you're never really in trouble when McCarthy's on the park. And I think we're going to really benefit from that. Yeah, I think Callum McGregor may seriously benefit from two points. One, to have another leader on alongside him. I think he'll definitely take games with a scruff of the neck. But he'll also allow McGregor to go and flourish like we have seen in the early uh, stages here of Andrew's reign that when McGregor gets forward, he can be a serious threat. James McCarthy, for me, will play that six that I mentioned before. And he will just he'll just do that pivot. He'll be protecting the back four. And he'll just be shuffling from left to right, winning it and moving on. He mm-hmm. doesn't profess to be a guy that will drop the shoulder, not make a guy and dink the goalie. It's not his game. But what he will do is break up play and give it to the ballers and let them flourish. So I think it's really exciting. First thing, first of all, he has got a, a bit of a challenge to get at the team, isn't it? The team are flying just now. James McCarthy's got a bit of work to do in his fitness, but listen, he'll be banging that door down and I'm pretty sure he'll become a, a starter pretty soon. I'm, I'm pretty sure they will. You'll, you'll, I'm, we're thinking about that yesterday. I mean, who's going to come out? Is it Turnbull or is it going to be Rodic? McGregor started a season as well as he started any season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Him dropping back into that six yesterday, just it didn't look out of place. But I, I, I can see they two having a great partnership together, but who comes out for him? It's just a nice problem to have. It's a great problem to have. It's a nice problem to have. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind and or in Angie's mind that McCarthy slots into that number six role straight away. And when McGregor's playing that number six, which he can do with some aplomb, we lose what he can do going forward and he's, he's attacking prowess. So I think your two midfield starters in that regard is McCarthy is your six, McGregor in front of him, and it'll be perm one from three or four options with Rogic and um, Turnbull and the rest yeah great situation for Ange to find himself in and we've still you know as mentioned got a couple of guys to come in so interesting to see how that plays out just again the final point on the squad um, it centres around the defensive positions so not to be negative in any way about the game on Sunday against Dundee but Carol Starfield has divided opinion Should you know it's fair to say that in his, his few games so far shaky against Hearts um, a wee bit shaky again against Jablonek and then at times, and listen, he wasn't under much pressure, but at times his passing wasn't as crisp as it could have been against Dundee. What right, do you think? He looked a bit nervy. He's no sitting, playing alongside beaten during the week. You're thinking to yourself, it's no, it's, he's not playing next to a, a centre half, but he does look a very, very nervy a couple of times in possession. I don't know, it's, it's very early to judge him. It might just take him a couple of games to settle in, but there was a couple of spells yesterday where you, you thought to yourself, oof, I don't know here. Early, very, very early days to judge him. And I, I, I believe that going by the other signings we've, we've made, Surely God, he's going to be good as well because the rest of them seem to hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to come in and score any hat-tricks anytime no. soon. But yeah, I think 
it has been a wee bit shaky and the hope is that he's just taking a wee bit of time to bed and not everybody hits the ground running. He'll not be the first guy to come to a club, have a slow start and then go on to be a, a real stalwart. So hopefully that's the case. Interesting then that Welsh was slotted back in. So, I mean, does that mean the beat-on experiment's over at centre-half? All of these, you know, centre-halves, Welsh included, Welsh, Murray, beat-on, they're all just, you know, filling a, a gap. Maybe till Julian comes back, maybe till a signing comes in, probably the, the former than the latter. Um, and that's no harm to Welsh. You know, I, th- I think he's a, an honest young pro who's still developing. He was great striding forward, you know, slipping the ball to uh, to Christie for Hugo's hat trick yesterday. Yeah. But yeah, um, the Beaton experiment, he's, he's, he won't go away. <laughs> he just won't go no, away. No, he won't. It was a right game to bring Welsh back in yesterday. Yesterday, I hadn't done Dundee at home, um, but you wait to see he'll bring Big Nero back in for Thursday night. Nah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so either. So. I think he'll stick with Welsh, but okay. it'll be interesting to see. So, one name that has been suggested is Liam Scales of Shamrock Rovers. Uh, by all accounts, a fairly versatile 22 year old, left sided, but I think he can play left back or left centre half. That might be an interesting signing because you wouldn't have to spend much on him. I believe he's of reasonable quality. We've got a friend, uh, Dublin based Graham. And Graham suggested he is a good player, um, but maybe not necessarily good enough for our level or if we want to kick on. What do you think of a signing like that? Maybe not yet. No harm Graham. He, he knows the situation that you know, Bose and Shamrock Rovers any better than us. But he's been playing at a lower level and without the the wraparound that Celtic can give him in terms of class coaches, training facilities. So he might be just be playing within his talent at the moment. There's, there might be a lot to see from him. Um it's more of a gamble than bringing in a, another 26-year-old centre-half. But I think if you've got that, that young lad developing, Welsh, beat on, and Julian coming back, and Starfelt, there's cover there, you know? You yeah. could, you could, I'm not saying you want to just scrape through the season, but I think you can buy quite comfortably there. Yeah, there's reasonable cover. I would actually, as I say, without knowing a great deal about him as a player, I'd actually be quite hopeful that he would slot in on the left-hand side. Because listen, for me at this moment in time, We've spoke glowingly about the, the Ralstonator. The bigger concern for us at the moment is a left-back. I think the greater need is to replace Taylor than to replace Ralston. And I never thought I'd be saying that, but I think that's where we find ourselves. Definitely. I mean, Taylor, I've spoken about the full-back situation. He's not comfortable at all with this inverted full-back stuff. He's not actually not comfortable with outside and get inside. Uh, we probably better be Phil Taylor than Greg Taylor at the moment. But Harsh. yeah, we need, I know. But we, need, we definitely need to get someone in there. It was one of the commentaries last week that said he's the, he's the third choice left back for Scotland. And I'm thinking to myself, think of the other two people that's in front of him in <laughs> Scotland. But Aye, I mean, he's up against real quality there. Aye, I he? know. He's no. As I, yeah, we, we spoke about He's an honest pro. He's a, he's a nice lad. For me, he's just not. He's just not. They've got that, like, starting at 11, nail down. He's not good, he's not good enough. There's a, there's a lot of wastage, and I'd, I'd like to see some numbers from guys who are better than this than me, the, the Celtic statisticians, on how many moves break down from Taylor. And that's not to get on his back or anything, but, you know, I was doing my notes yesterday and it's fairly constant that every five, six, seven minutes, Taylor's lost the ball, Taylor's lost the ball. And that's a chance for a, a move to build broken down. You know, whatever Dundee did with it, you know, doesn't really matter. The move, move is broken down at that point. So it's unfair going on about it. We know where we are in terms of the fullbacks. They're not of the standard required. We wish them all the best. We hope they can play, you know, second string, come off the bench, you know, do a job. But they've, they've both of them got to be replaced. Taylor is more important than Ralston to be replaced. But that's like a 10 and a 9 in terms of importance. I mean, the thing for Taylor, and again, just to give him a bit of defence, he was a left back in its true sense as part of a defensive Kilmarnock side. We then sign him for Celtic and ask him to bomb forward and be a left winger. It's yeah. not fair on the guy. Yeah. You know, and I, I know he's just a young guy and his game can develop, but I actually think to be 
really fair to him. We've asked him to do a job that he's just not capable of, and and that can't be his fault. So yeah, potentially, you know, he'll he'll be retained as a a bit of cover. But I'd like to think that they're really looking hard for a, a replacement. If not Liam Scales, then somebody else. So looking forward, we've obviously touched on the fact that Thursday night should see the return of close to a full house, if not a full house itself, at Celtic Park. Um, sixty thousand fans. European football, Celtic are famed for these kind of nights. It's going to be incredible, isn't it? I absolutely cannot wait. Yeah. Um, Because you never knew when this was coming back. You know, so many false starts, false dawns, you know, start and stop on the the lockdowns and and things like that. So European nights at at Celtic Park are are just the thing. On any year you look forward to, but particularly when it's been withheld from you for so long. Yeah, I think there's just so many stories and sideshows as well so ultimately you know they, they just the, the human story about you know fans getting back to something they love and serious numbers you know as I say close to 60,000 the welcome of Ange the ongoing adulation that Kyogo is going to get guys like Abada have never seen this guys like Joe Hart have never seen this it's going to be like something they've never experienced before one word special it was going to be absolutely special I mean the game yesterday 24,000 in there and it was still a good atmosphere mm-hmm. so to think about Thursday night and what it's going to be like Goosebumps, absolutely goosebumps. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, one word, special, slash, incredible, slash, goosebumps, (laughs) slash, absolutely special. But yeah, definitely summed up in one word. Thanks. Uh, No, I think it's going to be a great night. So in terms of the football itself, so James, you and I done the post-match after last Thursday's game. Maybe we came across as a bit critical, but I stand by what we said. I think it was just an honest assessment after the game because, yeah, it was an away win. It was four goals on the road, but there was still some seriously shaky moments. And we're not doing our job right if we don't address them, are we? No, and what we'll never slip into is just sycophantic uh, reports of games. That that doesn't do anyone any favours. So, you know, we'll always call it as we see it. And I think we were fairly balanced on that in terms of there was some great stuff to see. Kyogo, Christie again, all that stuff. But there was issues, and it's the same issues we're talking about just now. It's the shaky back four and the work that's been done on them. So I, I thought, I was quite surprised how animated Hartson was after the game I think he's just a frustrated fan mm-hmm. um, but he was really quite scathing but it's like we're working on it you know this is a job in progress a team under construction so yeah we would just keep going there's there's a big job to be done it's, it's not you know the game's not finished on Thursday and there's a wee bit of oh well we're four to up and that's easy and there'll be an occasion and stuff like that that can take you forward but it can go against you as well so we've got to keep our feet in the ground get the job done first and foremost then get through to the playoffs, then get into the Europa League. Yeah. Just on the John Hartson one, I thought that was very interesting because there was lots of commentary on Twitter after his scathing comments saying, ah, you never gave it all that when it was your pal Lenny, blah, blah, blah. I sat with John Hartson in this very studio and watched him slam Lenny. Yeah. You know, it got to a point where he could defend him no longer. And he was very open and honest as he is as a pundit. And people have got, you know, short memories or maybe they're, you know, quite selective, but John Hartson slammed Lenny as much as anybody. Um, and it wasn't easy for him to do, by the way, just because they are friends. Absolutely. But he was very open and honest when it came to it. So I don't think there's anything, you know, untoward going on there. You never get anything but honesty from Hartson. He calls it as he sees it. There's no, there's no agenda. He's just, you know, he, he was very emotional about the game and, and maybe worried and as, as scared as we all are from, from what went on last season. So he's maybe just saying, get this job done, don't take your foot off the gas, as in get the signings in. So, but anyone who starts giving Hartson a hard time for that, just by, you know, telling us how he feels about Celtic, no time for that. Nah, nothing for that. Um, Sinky, just in terms of Jablonic and how they'll approach this game, it's going to take something seriously uh, impressive for them to turn this around. A, given the fact they're already 4-2 down, and B, given the fact that Celtic are absolutely buzzing at the moment. No, no, the, the difference a week makes. I mean, that result on Sunday, um, we'll be absolutely buzzing for that game. They didn't really show a lot 
in that first game to, to to put the frighteners in me at all. I think we've got enough in the tank. It's all about the clean sheet. Uh, I would love to see another, another another clean sheet would be amazing. But I, I think I think we'll, we'll blow them away. Yeah, I think the players will be absolutely itching for it. We're wishing it was Thursday already because when you're on that kind of form and playing in that kind of way, you just want games, games, games. games. Yeah. So training is training and it's another chance to work on, on Angie's style and his system and his approach, but they'll just be desperate for that first whistle. I think they'll come out the traps all guns blazing and I think they'll absolutely blow them away. I'm, I, I think, I've already given my prediction, James. I said it's going to be 5-1. I, I didn't think they had a clean sheet in us and I'm going to stick with that, but I think it'll be 3-0 at half time. I think we'll be just all guns blazing on, on Thursday night. Should be. I didn't see much from Michelin in the first leg, is all I'd say. I think it's a completely different uh, situation. We're coming home instead of going away. But it's been so long. <laughs> are, you, are you that scared? <laughs> uh, keeping in mind you've already predicted a 5 now the other day. Are you reneging on that? No, no. I think, I think they'll get the job done. I just don't want to be cocky about it. Fair enough. 5 now. Moving on to yourself, Sinky. Uh, what's your cocky prediction? 6 now. <laughs> you going for it? I, I've got Sank it with 6 now. Yeah. And this, this isn't us becoming sense of entitlement and, and we're back and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, listen, I've kidded on about it a few things tonight about you know getting carried away. But just from what you're seeing, it, you know, any neutral would watch Celtic on Sunday, also see that four two up from their away leg. It, it, it just it points towards, you know, all sorts of convincing score lines. I know, well you think about it as well, the players will be absolutely but I mean the games can't come kicking kick as you just said, but they'll be buzzed to get in front of a full house and play. I mean that, that's what you live for and we've not had it for a long time. So everything with the way we're playing, um the atmosphere through the full house it's all set up for a five or six nil, definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's hope that that's the case and it's another big night. But result aside, it's going to be a seriously special night. As I say, the call is out. Let's get Ange a proper welcome at Celtic Park. But, you know, something close to 60,000 fans back at Celtic Park for the first time since, I think, March 2020. James, you and I were there at that last game against St Mirren. It's going to be a brilliant night. And Sinky summed up perfectly in one word. Absolutely special. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Uh, just a couple of other pieces of business before we, we close off the show for tonight. Um, beyond Jablonek, of course, we've got Hearts in the Premier League Sports Cup on Sunday at Celtic Park at three o'clock. Again, another one to look forward to. Are they getting the Dundee treatment or is that a different challenge? Yeah, absolutely, altogether? yeah. And this is, you know, the Celtic way. You know, you lose an important game, your first league game, play the same team two weeks later and you beat them four or five nothing. So yeah, I, th I think they've got that coming. I think it's Celtic Park when we can play this free-flowing football. It's, it's rare to get three games in a row at Celtic Park, which is what we're, we're going to see in the next few days. Um, but I think, again, in the same way as Thursday, the players will be desperate to get back out and, and just show what they didn't show against Hearts that first time out. Yeah, it's a good chance to to make amends from the, obviously the first league defeat this, this season. But yeah, I mean, we'll take we'll, we'll see how we go on against the, the Jabrotnik and, and Fulton and then take that form into, the, into Sunday. But I, I'm, not, I'm not to fear about Hearts when... I made the Hearts game became too quick. And it's a lot, too, a lot has changed in the last like couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time in football. Too, too quick. A couple of referee calls go against you. The team's still gelling together. Um, a lot of that has changed already mm -hmm. from the referee bit. Yeah. A couple of other wee things. So, not that we should focus anything on the team from the other side of the city, but a pretty unconvincing uh, performance by all accounts against Dundee United. What do you think that is? Pressure of fans or just early season blip for them? Or are you seeing anything so yeah, far? The exposure of the myth. The myth? Aye. This wonderful team all of a sudden exposed. What do you think, Sinky? Did you catch any of the highlights of that? Um, I'd have a, I've, seen the, I've seen the goal, um, but I was keeping an eye on live scores on my, on my phone. Hashtag obsessed. I, 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 look, I was looking at that injury time, like 95, 95, and I was like, come on, get, get the whistle blown. But no, it was a good, good result. And... 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bit early to see there's, there's cracks appearing, but um, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at it. Like, I, mean, I watched, I watched the, oh, obsessed, I watched the Against Malmo. Um, old man was watching the living room, so I caught a wee bit of that, and they didn't look great. I mean, obviously they scored quite late on to get to keep the tie alive, but I mean, I'm no, I'm no scared of them. Ah, I like your fighting talk. Interesting to see what happens with them this week. Huge game against Malmo, and, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, back to Celtic, of course. So just a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, Edward obviously scored his goal on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, uh, penalty, very well taken penalty. He looked like the least excited man in the house when he yeah. scored it. Um, is he gone? Is that the body language or is that how it's been for some time? Yeah, for some time. And... <laughs> I think he'd have wanted the ball off a bad to take the penalty no matter what time it was, end his career, middle of his career at Celtic, whatever. But for me, it would have been great if that's just his, his sign-off goal and we all go away happy with the service, poor ending, but no hard feelings, wish you well in the future. Get out, get a new guy in. Yeah. If he goes, can he take Albion Ayeti with him? Because he is doing is nothing. Is he still here? <laughs> He's floating around. Oh, what? <laughs> so sub not used for the last four games, I think now, just picking up a wage. Yep. You need to ask, you know, of the... The squad management, not from Ange, but from the, the football talent department, if they call it Celtic, that they should be saying to Ange, is this guy going to feature? Because the answer would be, at best, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And if not, you know, take your million pound, take two million pound, put it towards something else, because there's no point in a five million pound guy just sitting there burning money. Yeah, it just looks like, you know, dead money at this moment in time. So just as we start to wrap up, James, as I'd mentioned earlier on, it's just about two months exactly since Ange was appointed uh, back on the 10th of June. If you're giving him a two month performance review at this moment in time, how does that look? And on his own, it's very hard to isolate because a lot of the work um, that wasn't done was things out were things outside of his control. Board not making signs quick enough, but that can be outside of the board's control. The Euro's been in the way, etc., etc. You'd have to say, you know, being out of Europe, that that's that's a block. We'd love to have just been more pragmatic and got through that ugly football or whatever. He stuck to his guns, uh, giving him a, a score out of ten, a, a solid seven. And I'm really, really excited. Solid seven, decent. What about you, Sinks? Does Ange get a gold star from you or is there room for improvement? To what he's come into. I mean, think about yeah. the, all the legacy stuff and he's, he's put the youngsters and all that as well. He's come, he's come into a, a bare-bone team when not with nothing there. And that that result in Sunday's just, I'm going to give him an eight. Um, yeah, I mean, to come in, come out of the circumstances he's come in, he's not had a chance to build his team. He's only two months in the door and the, the signs are promising. Yeah, really promising. 11 out of 10 for me, lads. Angie's <laughs> the man. So even though we're already a few competitive games in, it now feels like the Angie has started for real at Celtic and with each passing game, we're seeing more and more of his football and philosophy and influence being played out in front of us. Kyogo already tops the scoring charts after his hat-trick on Sunday, but any man who can have Tony Ralston hot on his heels with a current strike rate of a goal a game is worth paying attention to. Thanks to James and Sinky for joining me on today's show, and as always, our thanks to you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do, please continue to support us by sharing this episode on your WhatsApp groups and on social media. And remember, you can now find links to all our podcasts, blogs and socials at thecelticexchange.com. We'll be back on Thursday night live from Celtic Park with our Match Reaction podcast, but in the meantime, thanks for listening. Want to feel better, get more exercise, or quit tobacco? Prescription for Wellness can improve your health with personalized sessions based on your schedule. 
Our expert health coaches and care managers use proven techniques. It's free for UPMC Health Plan members and could lead to the results you want. For more information, visit upmchp.us slash pfwellness. That's upmchp.us slash pfwellness. Sports Social Podcast Network.